of the Remnant Call. Uh, glad to have you here. And um, folks, this has definitely been some trying times, uh, disappointing times, confusing times. Uh, for many, we look on the landscape and you wonder, will we ever actually have a fair election again? That's a very good question. Uh, the truth is, folks, I don't know what the future holds on the electoral process of the United States. But what I do know truly this is not our home, and we are looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for this broadcast tonight. I pray that by your powerful name that you would impress us, Lord, of the times we live in, and that we would be, we would be aware of the devil's devices that so easily snare and sidestep and sidetrack us, Lord, to get us off the focus for this hour, Lord. And so please keep us narrowly uh, on your ways and in your paths, Lord God, that we would not stray to the left or right is my prayer in Jesus' name. Folks, I am coming to you because I am very concerned right now. Um, you noticed a few weeks ago we had a guest on our program, and uh, I won't mention his name. It's a powerful show. And you will notice that I took the program down, uh, not because I was worried for us, but for his sake, because they are coming after people that are not even done anything wrong. They're God-fearing Americans who love this country and love the Constitution, but uh, they are coming after people now. And so you must uh, put on the entire armor of God at this moment. Uh, you know, if you've listened to The Remnant Call, this has never been a show that is about fighting the government. No, this is a show about winning souls for Jesus Christ. And folks, I'm telling you right now that I have no hope in the United States of America. My hope is in the second coming of Jesus Christ in Him alone. Yes, I hate seeing the state that our country is in right now. I don't like it. I'm a United States Marine. I served this country, uh, and I and I am honored to have served this country, but I'll tell you right now, I am embarrassed and disgusted by the actions being taken by those who are in leadership, who are calling for ungodly living, ungodly behavior, and now that they are coming to attack you and me because we simply stand up and call sin a sin, this is uh, terrible. And yes, they may listen into this program and they probably recorded who knows what, but it doesn't matter because we stand for truth and the truth's name is Yeshua, Jesus, and he is the one who will lead us through at all these times. And so you might be wondering why, Brother Frank, are these things happening? Right now, we heard all the prophets that he was that Trump would win again. Yes, they came on Sid Roth and other things and said, Yes, he will win. He didn't win. You know what? 
that's fine because they don't speak for God and God can speak for himself. And truly, this is happening because I believe we are being rewarded by a specific word that was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. It is in his word. And if you want to turn to Jeremiah chapter six, I want to share a few verses here with you because I truly believe that we are suffering uh, those of us who uh, are not buying into the, all this stuff, but we see all this evil happening, we are living out something that was spoken a long time ago by the prophet Jeremiah underneath the inspiration of the Spirit of God. It re- was recorded, and this is what the Lord said. Jeremiah chapter 6, uh, in verse 19, Hear, O earth, behold, I am bringing disaster upon this people. Yes, folks, he is bringing disaster, that is for sure. You can't kill almost 50 million babies uh, worldwide a year and think that God is going to just let that slip. You can't do it. You cannot continue to promote homosexuality and transgenderism and pornography and all the filth of this age and say that it's okay and that God will just simply close his eyes and let everybody continue. But listen to what he says there and continue on in verse 19. And I'm going to read it from the King James Version, starting again, verse 19. Hear, O earth, behold, I will bring evil upon this people, even the fruit of their thoughts, because they have not hearkened unto my words, nor to my law, but rejected it. Yes, God is going to bring about the fruit of our thoughts as a nation, as a people, as as pastors, as believers, as those who profess the name of Jesus Christ. Because if the thoughts are watching television with wickedness and evil and homosexuality and all the things we talked about it and listening to these things, and that's what you want in the government and all this stuff, and you wonder why we are getting what we want, it's because God is rewarding the people of the United States with the fruit of their thoughts. You are getting exactly what you wanted, USA. You wanted these things because you've permitted these things in the churches and the churches have not spoke up against sin and this is what happens. We are getting the fruit of our thoughts given to us. Shame on the churches in the United States for not having a backbone and standing up for the truth. And because you don't care about God's law anymore. You say, oh, Brother Frank, I'm a New Testament believer. I don't believe in God's law. Oh, you don't believe in keeping his commandments? If you don't think the Ten Commandments are still viable today, which commandment do you think you ought to break first? Please let me know that. Because last time I checked, all ten of them apply to believers. Jesus said, If you love me, keep my commandments. I think he meant what he said. Just because we are saved doesn't give us a license to live however we want to live. But the fruit of our thoughts is what we are being rewarded with. And it is sad and it's sickening. And I hate to see it because I served this country and I hate watching it fall. But the truth is, I know that there is something better coming. And for that, I say hallelujah, because the Lord is coming and his kingdom will set up true 
peace and safety. And you might be wondering, Brother Frank, that sounds familiar. Peace, peace. Isn't that in the Bible? Yes, it's in the very same chapter of Jeremiah 6. And that's probably where you have read Jeremiah 6, but you might have stopped at verse 14 when it said this, they have healed also the hurt of the daughter of my people slightly saying peace peace when there is no peace were they ashamed when they had committed abominations nay they were not at all ashamed neither could they blush therefore they shall fall among them that fall at the time that i visit them they shall be cast down saith the lord yes folks the people are crying peace joe biden is going to fix everything he's amazing oh peace van jones is going to cry out and say thank you Jesus and cry because now this evil and wicked person is now the dictator of the United States and the vice president who is also more evil that voted the most radical senator in the United States and we're going to praise them like this is some amazing thing this is the greatest inauguration ever heard Chris Wallace on Fox News this is ridiculous These people stand for murder and killing innocent people and children. And yet we watch Antifa riot out there out West and the news organizations, those liberal organizations won't say anything about it. And God is rewarding this country with the fruit of their thoughts. And oh, let me tell you what, look out when they cry peace, peace, because there is no peace going to give out $2,000 a month checks. That's what they want to do. Get you hooked on the government so the government can raise you and raise your children by giving you a salary every month so that you can be obedient to their system. What is wrong with this freedom-loving country that we would do this? Folks, I'm telling you, I am looking forward to the soon coming of our Lord and Savior, but I understand it will get worse. I understand that we have some tough times ahead, and I'll tell you, folks, the answer is is not that we are going to make war with the government. No, the answer is going to be on our knees, praying and believing and watching souls be saved through the worst hours as God does righteousness in the midst of wickedness by bringing people to him. And that will ultimately lead through the worst hours and end up in the best we've ever seen at the second coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Folks, I'm looking forward to it. But it's actually in chapter 6 of Jeremiah, that there is another verse that is so powerful, and it's in verse 16, and you got to read it. Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way and walk therein? And ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk therein. Isn't that the problem today? God's saying to us as believers in this hour, walk in the old ways, in the old past where righteousness was, where God-fearing believers lived, where people that had respect for the holy things of God. Walk in the old paths, not the newfound ways of religion and what they're teaching today out of the pulpits of the United States, but it's in the old past that God is calling us back to. We need to change back to what God asked from the beginning, and that was to follow his way, 
the old paths, but so many people, they wouldn't hearken. Thanking Jesus for nominating people like this, uh, that, that he, there's somehow that stand for abortion, that stand for these things. You're going to thank the Lord for this. You're going to call yourself a believer and you're going to claim that these people are great because they're going to f- forgive you for your student loans. You shouldn't have signed on the dotted line for that loan to begin with. You signed it. You should pay it. Not me or anybody else. That's not my job to pay your debt that you signed on the line for. God is the one in this hour that seems to be the only clear voice coming forward because everything in this world is absolute destruction and leading us in the evil paths. And folks, we better start listening to what the Lord says. But I am encouraged and I know I saw a review on on uh, iTunes not too long ago about the remnant call, doom and gloom. Well, folks, I hope you don't think the remnant call is all about doom and gloom. This is about warning, waking people up, teaching you that through prayer, through seeking the Lord, through fasting, through humbling ourselves, that in the darkest hours of earth's history, we can prosper. I'm not talking about wealth of this world. I'm talking about what it means to have kingdom wealth. And kingdom wealth is a different type of wealth. It's where your riches come from above and not below. It's because your riches are coming from the place that we want to ultimately be, and that's with our Lord and Savior forever. But we, as believers, must begin to fortify our minds in this hour. You cannot leave a crack in your armor and think that you're going to be okay and that the devil will not expose it. Because God is in the business right now of warning people, we better get ready, but if you don't heed the warning... Don't be surprised when you're suffering and struggling to find peace that God has for you. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28 start, says this, Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth Power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. So as I begin looking for a moment here about fortifying and protecting our minds, I want to remind you of this promise from the Creator, that in when we get weary, when we feel like we can't make it, when we feel like the burden of what's coming on this world is too heavy and you no longer have the strength to bear it, remember what God said in Isaiah chapter 40. He giveth power to the faint and to them that have no might. He increaseth strength. So we need to fortify our mind. And, and what does that mean? Well, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, starting in verse 3, says this. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Yes, our weapons that we use as believers is on our knees. 
And these weapons are for pulling down strongholds, for breaking through to those who can't see the truth and the salvation in Jesus Christ. These weapons are so we can pull it down for our children that are running away or or not turning to the Lord or for our neighbors or, or for our family members or whoever it may be. These weapons are for pulling down strongholds. But continue on in verse 5, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought of to the obedience of Christ and having an, a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So here, God, through the Apostle Paul, is reminding us that we are to not only remember that our weapons are not carnal, but they are spiritual, but we are to actually cast down vain imaginations and thoughts that are contrary to God and take them into captivity unto obedience, having a readiness to revenge all disobedience. That means that when we have a thought, we don't let that false thought begin to manifest and to grow in our mind. We actually come against that thought when it is evil. If that thought is contrary to God, we come against it. And you might be wondering, well, Brother Frank, I struggle with coming against that. I'm going to tell you how to come against those thoughts. I've shared this story a long time ago, but here's how you come against them. When I was first converted back in 1999 and coming from a life of drugs and, and, and adultery and every single sin you could possibly imagine, and I remember walking into a job site and there was a woman who was not dressed appropriately. And I remember before my mind could even begin to wonder, I started to feel thought coming on. And what I did was I ran into the bathroom at this job site. I shut the door and I got on my knees and I began to pray and war against it. And you know what happened, folks? After a while of taking this practice daily, every time this happened, refusing to let the thought uh, fester, running to God immediately in my mind, you know what? Satan begins to flee. But you have to be ready to go against and make war against your thoughts. Because what we often like to do is sit there and entertain them, let them build, and then we get frustrated because we struggle with them. But if you look at yourself honestly, and you will ask yourself, honestly, are you making war against them? Are you truly running immediately before the thought can fester and running to your knees and beginning to pray? Another thing I used to do, and still there's a great thing, folks, this is a powerful thing to do, is when a thought comes in, immediately start singing a hymn. I'm not talking about some maybe new wave Christian. I'm talking about him. I might even just sing, Jesus loves me. Uh, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Uh, there's power in the blood. Anything there might be, uh, you know, Jesus, uh, whatever song it might be, but begin to sing hymns. And when I would sing that, and, and sometimes I even squinted my eyes and I would like squeeze real hard and I would start to sing like that, blocking the thought. And you know what? God would give me victory because he would see that I didn't want this and he would come in and he begin to fight with me and give me ultimately victory. But folks, it wasn't something I just did once. It became a pattern and a habit and you have to make war. And you know what? The devil starts to after a while realize that, hey, you know what? This person knows where to take the battle to and he can't fight against God, but we have to begin to war in the spirit. I've said this so often before. 
Godly music drives out devils. It's a fact. Look at King David. He played the harp, and godly music would drive the devil away from King Saul. But if godly music drives out the devils, what do you think ungodly music does? I believe it brings the devil right in. So we run to God in our mind. And folks, I want to just say something earlier. Because I said that God was rewarding this country with the fruit of their thoughts. I believe that. And if the fruits of your thoughts are evil or wicked or, 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 you know, are these kind of things and God rewards you. But let me tell you this. What if your thoughts are every day about panic and fear and angry with the government and angry with this? You know what's going to happen? You're going to begin to turn into a bitter person and there's nothing more dangerous than a root of bitterness. It is horrible. It's deadly. The Bible warns about it. Uh, Pastor David Wilkerson used to preach against the root of bitterness all the time because he knew and understood the danger of what happens when a root of bitterness grows up in the body of Jesus Christ. It is horrible. It destroys, it ruins a believer's life and their walk with God. You must not allow it to fester because you will be rewarded with the fruit of your thoughts. And if all you want to do is be angry and worried, folks, I'm telling you, look out. Paul was telling us in Corinthians, that we have the actual ability through the power of our Lord and Savior, through our Heavenly Father, to take control over our thoughts when God is in control of our lives. So the first step to fortification begins with a willingness to allow God to take control of every part of your life. Psalm 139 says it best. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. You have to be willing to say, God, search me deep. Search me till it hurts. If there's anything wicked, Lord, expose it. Get rid of it. I'm done with it. But if you're not willing to open up, if you want to cover up, if you think God doesn't see, you will never have victory. But you have to be willing to allow God to see deeply. The next step is we have to begin to pray. Not talk about pray, not a five-minute prayer, not a little popcorn, and not this, you know, here, Lord, please help me today. In Jesus' name, amen. Sorry, folks, not going to cut it. That's what I'm talking about. We all know these things, but it seems so difficult for us to do. Listen, if you've got to go to bed early to get up early, then go to bed early. You're going to have to find yourself. You're going to have to put a little bit of effort in and ask God to to finish what you are starting and he will do it. We know we need the Lord's strength, but there's got to be something on you that says, Lord, I want to do this. And when you get knocked down, you get right back up again. You don't give up because you got knocked off the horse. Folks, if I gave up every time I got knocked off the horse, I would have never made it anywhere. But we come back and we ask God to forgive. Look at the examples of those in the Bible that many of them were such a disaster. They were a mess. But they had a heart of God, and they didn't quit even when they messed up. King David numbering Israel, oh, he paid a price, and a lot of people died over that. If he would have given up, we would have never had the testimonies that came from his life post that mistake. And folks, I'm telling you right now, God is in the business of forgiving, but we can't give up. Isaiah 54 says this, The Lord God hath given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. He waketh my 
he waketh morning by morning. He waketh mine ear to hear as the learn. This was an Old Testament prophecy about Yeshua, Jesus, when he was on this earth. That he would get up early in the morning and he would pray and seek the Father and the Father would speak to him. Folks, we got to do the same thing. We got to be like Daniel. He had three, he would three times a day would pray. I mean, he had set time. He wasn't going to miss it. And even though when they put out the, the bounty on the believers' heads, he still opened up the window and he prayed knowing that it would cost him his life and they saw him oh king <laughs> you know oh great king that daniel he's still he's not listening to what you said he didn't care he kept on praying anyways as God begins to reveal our sin and lovingly shows us our shortcomings many times we come up against this wall of i just can't do it lord we've all been there this feeling of not being able to overcome, knowing we need to change, desiring to change, but the feeling of being trapped. This is where step number three comes into play. Fasting and prayer and fasting together. It's like taking a double barrel shotgun and pulling both triggers at the same time. When you begin to fast and pray. We've talked about fasting so much on this program through the years, but folks, I'm telling you, you cannot let your guard down. Prayer and fasting every Thursday, a group all around the world, we uh, pray and fast. Folks, please join in in spirit with us. We, we, we are fasting and seeking the Lord, and if you mess up, that's okay. You get back on the wagon and you do it again. But we do what Isaiah chapter 58, if you read it again, I won't read it here tonight, but Isaiah 58 says this, if you'll fast the way that the Lord said to fast, read it, talks about his way. He goes on to say that he will break every yoke. Isaiah 58 is probably one of the most powerful verses in the entire Bible. I just encourage you to read it all the way through. The step four though, next, folks, we can't remember, forget this one. It's so important and it's so hard to do when you're feeling beat down in life. Hebrews eleven fourteen says this, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Folks, we have to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, I don't understand what's going on. Father, I don't understand the wickedness, but I just praise your name, Lord, because I'm alive and I have the ability to share the good news of Jesus' second coming. Father, thank you for that. Hallelujah, Lord. I, I don't I don't like what's going on in the world, Lord. I hate the evil and wickedness, but I praise you, Lord, because you're sovereign over everything, Lord. I praise your holy name because you've given me today another breath. And Lord, I praise you for the good things that you've given me. And, and so, folks, we can't forget to praise the Lord. That's one of the horrible things about these COVID lockdowns they've been doing to people and in their churches and everything. They've, they're not, the pastors aren't singing anymore and it's pathetic that they refuse to sing. It's sad because when you stop singing and praising God, something happens to you. It kills the soul. But the last and arguably one of the most important and still forgotten, and folks, you know this, Psalm 119, verse 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Folks, it is the very word of God that is going to guide us by the power of his spirit through these last days. Folks, you don't have to understand all of the Bible in order to be a great believer. 
You don't have to be a scholar. You don't have to have an understanding of every single thing. But we do need to read because in the moment, in the season, when the time is ready, God will bring it back to your memory and he will show you the true understanding. But if we don't read God's word and and we, we get upset because he's not speaking, don't complain if your Bible's shut and you're not hearing the Lord's voice because he speaks often through his word. Yes, he can speak audibly too. But folks, if you're not reading his word, in seeking his face and in prayer, don't be upset when you're not hearing from the Lord. Hebrews 11, verse 6, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. If you want faith, if you want your faith to grow, you have to diligently seek God in prayer and in his word all the time. And folks, he is going to reward you. This is a better reward than a bonus at work or a raise. This is a heavenly reward where God rewards you for diligently seeking his face. Times are tough. This world is a scary place. We are at the most dangerous point in the history of this world right now, and bad things are happening. Christians are being slaughtered all over the world, and I'm telling you, our own government is turning against our people. But that doesn't matter. We have a mission to serve Jesus Christ. Your life is not your own. Jesus said, if they hated you, know that they hated him first. Through much suffering shall you enter into the kingdom of heaven. Through much tribulation. All these things God promised us. So don't be surprised when these hours finally get here. Remember, we're looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. One night, A house caught on fire, and a young boy was forced to flee to the roof. The father stood on the ground below with outstretched arms, calling to his son, Jump! I'll catch you! He knew the boy had to jump to save his life. All the boy could see, however, was flame, smoke, and blackness. Folks, isn't that so true right now? As can be imagined, he was afraid to leave the roof. His father kept yelling, jump, I will catch you. But the boy protested, daddy, I can't see you. The father replied, but I can see you, son. And that's all that matters. You see, right now, we can't always see what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't. We can't predict every bit of the future. We can predict the Lord's coming, and we know that the end times are going to get bad. And we can't always see what's going to be around the corner, but sometimes we got to jump out in faith. And even though you might not see God at that moment, don't worry. He sees us, and he needs us to step in faith. I challenge you today to take a break from all this technology and news and garbage that's going around. I know we have to use it a little bit for work and things like this, but we need to set it down as often as we can and turn off the distracting noise. Turn off Facebook, turn off, you know, I know Parler's not there and they're they're trying to cut it down. Everybody's going to me, we, whatever. Folks, try turning it down and stop for a little bit. And begin to seek the Lord. You don't need social media to survive. You need the word of God powered by the spirit of the living God. And he will carry you through to the end. Be encouraged, believers. Be encouraged. The remnant, God has his eyes on us. We will make it. 
And if some people pass away, it's okay. Because if we are secure in the Almighty, we will be okay. This is not our home. Yes, there's tough times coming. But also remember, God saved the best wine for last. The greatest hours in this earth's history will happen at the darkest moments when the Lord begins to show his glory in the midst of tribulation. This is Brother Frank. Stay encouraged and keep looking up. As my father's good friend used to say, don't worry, it's all coming down soon. This is Brother Frank. Good night and shalom. Trumpet in Zion, for the day of the Lord is come. Blow a trumpet in Zion, sound.